Hello, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening, as always. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited about tonight's word. Thank you so much for bearing with me. And it was a little behind, you know, normally come on at six o'clock, but thank you guys for bearing with me to be able to get everything together for tonight's podcast. So I'm ready to share the word. I'm ready to just uh, share with you everything that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me and my prayer time and just, you know, in general and be able to give you some tips and give you some things that help help me and can be beneficial for you as well. So let's say a word of prayer. Let's get right into it. All right. If there any Father, God, we just thank you, God, for your presence, first and foremost. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for being in the midst of Father because without you, nothing is impossible. Nothing, nothing is possible, God. But with you, God, all things are possible. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you for truly taking over. God, I come against distractions. I come against anything that is not like you, Father God. Anything that tries to hinder, God, your perfect will from being done. God, I thank you, God, for this word, that, Father God, that is in my spirit, God, that you have given me, that God, to give birth to tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that, Father God, that whatever it is you desire to say, God, that you say it through me, God, and I will move out of the way, Father, and may you increase, God, and may I decrease in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, whoever God tunes in tonight, whoever is meant to God to listen, Father, Holy Spirit, may they have an ear to listen, God, and may they not allow their heart to be hardened in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, that Father God, that after this podcast and after this message, that Father God, that we would truly, God, get in the position to be ready, God, for what you have for us, God, what's coming next to God in our lives, God, whatever position, God, whatever assignment that it is, that God, that you have, God, that we would truly be ready, God, and get our mindsets, God, to be, have a mind, that Father God, mindset like Christ, Father. So, Holy Spirit, God, may you truly have your way, God, may you get all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. Those of you just tuned in on Facebook and on Instagram, and to my listeners that will be listening to our podcast platforms, welcome, welcome, welcome. So, guys, last week we had a special, we had a special guest, uh, Minister Shanika Pratt, she was our guest. Why? Because she was our highlight for the month of June. And those of you who don't, don't know what the highlight is, it is a man or woman of God who is fulfilling their God's given purpose in spite of their imperfections. And she truly laid some gems on us. Like it was just, you know, from so many different areas, from her being a mom and being a wife and about to be a pastor, a uh, pastor's wife, about to be a first lady. And just, she's an author. It's just so many different aspects that Minister Shanika has. She's my big sister. So I know her personally, but just being able to have that conversation, it was so good. It didn't even feel like, you know, we were going live. It just felt like it was just, you know, girl time. And we're just having a conversation and just, she was just sharing everything that God placed on her heart to share. So if you didn't get a chance to see last week's podcast, trust me, you want to see it. It was definitely powerful. Go to I Am Imperfectly Perfect um, Facebook page. You can watch it on there. It's also uh, available on our podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So make sure you check that out um, for um, all the listeners that are out there. So for tonight, for tonight, our topic, I know we have been on the God's Love Languages series. I didn't know when God was going to lead me to get off of that series, but the day has come. <laughs> so 
that's another thing. If you have missed any of the podcast for God's Love Languages series, and I know some people came in the middle of it or even at the tail end, trust me, you can, it's all available on the page, on our Facebook page. It's all available on all the podcast platforms, on Instagram. It's available to you. Go back and watch it at your convenience. Trust me, it's available. So tonight, our topic is, are you ready? Are you ready? And uh, Minister Shanika's uh, book is actually called uh, Dating, Are You Ready? And I was like, hmm, that really resonated in my spirit. But we're not talking about dating tonight. So not unless the Holy Spirit leaves me, you know, a different way. But just thinking about are you ready? Because there are times in our lives where we have a specific timeline, right? Especially as females, <laughs> especially as females, we have a timeline. I want to, I want to um, move out by 18. I want to have a job by 25 and be settled in my career. I want to get married by a certain time. I want to have kids by a certain time. I want to travel the world and all this other stuff. That's good. It's good to plan. It's great to plan. However, what, what is, um, what would be the benefit of even planning if you're not ready, if you're not ready for the goal? Would it be the benefit of planning if you're not ready to get married? So it's, it's good to plan. We're going to get that in a moment. It's good to plan. It's great to plan. However, after you plan, you have to make sure that you take the necessary precautions to be ready for that goal to be manifested, from that promise that God has given you to be manifested. And that's the thing. It's like we get to a certain point in our lives and it's like, okay, God, we're watching everybody else around us. I think I mentioned that um, a couple of weeks ago. We're watching everybody else around us and we're just like, God, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move on from this. You feel like maybe you've been in a job for too long or maybe you have been in a location for too long or whatever the case is and you're just like i'm ready i'm ready to move on and you're wondering why why god has not allowed you to do so so that's what we're going to answer the answer tonight we're going to answer all of the questions that that all of us have have come across at some point in our journey because we're all at different points in our lives and we're all waiting for different things. We're waiting for different promises to be manifested. But these are all questions we need to ask ourselves in the middle of it. Is it um, hearing that it's feedback? Is it still feedback? Let me know. Is it still feedback? Yes, no, maybe so, somebody. All right, nobody's answer right now, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> All right, guys, so it's better. Okay, good. Thank you, Mom. All right, so let's get into it. So the key word that we want to focus on tonight is ready. Keyword we want to focus on tonight is ready. What does ready mean? This definition really just summed it up for me. 
Ready means in a suitable state for an activity, action, or situation. Or in other words, to be fully prepared. In another context in the Merriam Dictionary, it mentions about being, um, being prepared physically and mentally for an activity or situation. So when you're talking about being in a state, are you physically ready? Are you mentally ready? Are you spiritually ready for the activity, for the assignment that's ahead of you? Because if you are not ready, truly ready for the assignment or whatever God has before you, you will find yourself put in a position of failing and falling flat on your face. And that's the thing, it's like God, God never will allow us to be in a position where he'll he'll open doors for us if he did not believe that we were ready. If he not if we did not prove to God that we're ready. And a lot of times, uh, so many people have said that um, every good thing is not a God thing, right? Which means that just because it looks good and you know it sounds good and the money might be uh, the money might be good, it might be in a good location, things that you would have wanted for your life. But if that's not God, I'm getting ahead of myself. But if that's not God's perfect will for your life, then you're not ready for it. If that's God. If that's not the position that you're supposed to be in, so we have to consider all of these factors before we truly can answer yes to the question of, are you ready? Are you ready? So again, ready means in a suitable state for an activity, action, or situation, or to be fully prepared, to be fully prepared. So these are the questions that we want to get into. How do you know that you're ready? And these are all questions under this. How do you know that you're ready? Five key points or five key questions that I have for you that you need to be able to answer or God will give you the insight to let you know if you're ready or not. Number one, is this God's perfect will for your life? Is this God's perfect will for my life? If it's not God's perfect will for your life, it's no need to answer any more questions. Like for real, it's no need to answer any more questions. Because the word of God said, I didn't put this scripture here, but the word of God says in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Why did we seek God first? Why? Because he's the creator of all things. God knows all things. He's, um, he's um, omniscient. There we go. He's omniscient. He, he knows everything. And he's supposed to. He created us. He, he gave us the thoughts. He gave us the vision. He gave us the, the eyes to see. He gave us everything that we needed on earth to be able to fulfill our God-given purpose. God in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Let's go there. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13. And we're going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and you will come, come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So God is saying, I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, save the Lord. It's no need. And listen, it's nothing wrong with getting advice. It's nothing wrong with getting godly counsel. However, we need to seek God first and foremost before we go to anybody else to say, hey, what do you think I should do? And those people that are around you, those friends of yours, if they if they are not asking you, hey, did you did you ask God first? Then you need to question your friends. Because me and my friends, anytime like we go to each other for advice, and I'm not saying be you know deep and say, oh, I gotta pray about everything. Because as your relationship grows with Christ, you will get a a um, you will get a feeling in your spirit or just an unction uh, unction in your spirit to let you know, okay, this is God's direction for my life. But if you go to somebody and one of your friends and say, hey, I'm I need advice to go here. If they're not follow up uh, response is, what did God say? I know I'm always saying it. What did God say? Did you pray or did you pray about it? Because if you prayed about it and then you now, if you say you prayed about it now, all right, now we can get somewhere. Because maybe God is sending you to me to get further instructions or get further advice because God does use people. God does use people to be able to give godly counsel. But that is after we seek him first. Because how will we even know who to go to if we don't seek God first? So back to the point. Ask the question, is this God's perfect will for my life? Is this God's perfect will for my life? Let's go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 20 through 21. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. It says, now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead of our Lord Jesus, excuse me, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So it's letting us know that God, God equips us for every good work. God equips us. That's why we need to make sure that it's God's perfect will. Because if it's God's perfect will, he will equip you for the work. We never have to question whether or not. We never have to question whether or not we will have uh, everything we need 
for the assignment because if it's God's perfect will, he'll make sure you have everything you need. And that's first equipping you for the assignment. He'll make it, make sure, he'll put you in the necessary classes. He'll set you up with the right people. He'll make sure that you are spiritually ready, getting ahead of myself. Make sure that you are spiritually ready for the assignment. Trust me, when you, you will know that it's God's perfect will, especially when you have peace. If you haven't heard from God, if God has not answered you yes or no, then that means it's not, it's not time yet. Don't make a move until God gives you the green light. Don't make a move until God gives you confirmation, letting you know that, uh, that he uh, stamped it with his seal of appro approval. Why? Because if you move outside of God's will, listen, he'll, we have free will, so he'll allow you to do it, but it won't be his perfect will. It will be his permissive will. Why? Because we have free will to do so. But if we want God's stamp of approval over it, then we need to follow his directions and not be uh, trying to move in our own timing. So is this God's perfect will for my life? Number two, talking about how do you know that you're ready? Number two, have I done the necessary work in preparation of what's to come? Have I done the necessary work in preparation of what's to come? After you find out whether or not this is God's will, and if God gives you the stamp of approval, the next thing you need to do is prepare. The next thing you need to do is prepare. And I'll just use me for instance. I don't really like talking about it as much, but for the Holy Spirit leading me this way, is that I'm about to get married in <laughs> what, 16 days. And during my time of singleness, there were times where I dated people that it was like I knew for certain it wasn't God's will. But I didn't care. Why? Because I I was walking a sin. Let's just be real. I wasn't ready to follow God's way. I wasn't ready to be um, doing things God's way. I, I wasn't. But when it came to a point that I said, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to be surrendered. I'm ready to do things your way. And at that point, I didn't, I wasn't really concerned about a relationship. I always knew I was called to be married. However, I wasn't concerned about a relationship. I just wanted to say, Lord, get me. I need to get myself together. I'm finally doing this thing the right way. And I still had some bad habits. I still was drinking. I still was doing things out of God's perfect will. However, I made the first step of saying, Lord, I'm ready. And God has said, if you take the first step, and that was the first step was me listening to God to move back to Philly. That was number one. When God told me to move back to Philly, I was like, God, I don't want to go back there. But thinking back on it, had I not have been obedient to God's instructions, 
I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. And so I'm, I'm grateful that thinking back on it, once I said, God, I'm ready, there were steps that I needed to take. Why? Because it's a process. I had to get myself together first. God told me to give him one year with just him. And what does that mean? That means that there was before that, I had never just taken time to just be me and him. I always had somebody, you know, putting everybody first before God was in a relationship. And if I wasn't in a relationship, I was talking to somebody or I was putting, you know, everybody, everything else before him. And God says, give me your time. Give me your all. And when I made that commitment, it was literally, I want to say within the next couple of weeks that God revealed to me who my husband was, is rather. And then he did that so that I can prepare myself, so that I can prepare myself for what was coming next. Because now that I'm aware of, oh, okay, this is the direction, now it's things, okay, because when God revealed that to me, I was not who, who you see today. I was not that person. I was not that trainees. I still had a lot of baggers. I still had, and there's still some things God is working on me for, but I'm much better than I was before. And God had to deal with those things inside of me so that I can prepare myself to be a wife. Why? Because in order to be a wife, you must already be a wife. You have to be a wife before your wife. In order to be a boss, you have to already be a boss. But it's a process that it, that it comes with it for the assignment. In order to be a pastor or whatever your calling is, a chef, you, you must already be so. But even in the season of waiting, and the season of waiting is when you are preparing is when you are preparing. That's when you are preparing. So let's go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2.2. 2. And I'm reading that from the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tab tablets so that the one who reads it will run god told them to write the vision without writing the vision down without writing the plans that god has for your life down you won't know what lies ahead you won't know what god lies what what lies ahead when god told me who my my husband it's <laughs> weird saying that. When God told me my husband is, I began, he gave me specific instructions of what to do and, and how I, I need to get myself prepared. And, and you know, because there's things I need to do for myself. And when God told me to start imperfectly perfect, God gave me the vision. He told me, he gave me the name. He gave me the vision, gave me the mission statement. He gave me what, uh, what were the goals for the podcast. He gave me all of these things and he began to download those things in my spirit. And after I written them down, now it was time that to be able to execute those things and listen 
listen to God's timing because just because you have certain things down, you have to make sure that you're in God's timing, right? Getting ahead of myself, but it's quite all right. Have your way, Holy Spirit. So make sure that you do the necessary work to prepare for what's coming. You gotten the word. A man, a woman of God spoken into your life. They gave you a rhema word. Okay, that's great. Write it down. Seek the Holy Spirit to see what it is you need to be doing in preparation for what's next to come. Because just because they give it to you and, and say they gave you the word last Sunday, it may not be until five years later that that word is supposed to be manifested. So don't move too quickly. You don't want to move out of God's timing. Let's go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8. <clears throat> In the Amplified Version again. It says, go to the ant, O lazy one. Observe her ways and be wise. Which having no chief, overseer, or ruler, she prepares her food in the summer and brings in her provisions of food for the winter in the harvest. Think about it. The ant, a little small insect. They understand what it means to prepare for their future. They understand that in the summertime, that is where the harvest lies. Meaning that that's where the most, um, this most uh, prosperity is in the, in the summertime. They have the most food. And so because it is plentiful, there is a harvest during that time. They understand that that is not going to last forever. That that is a season. It's a season for harvest and it's a season where they're not going to have as much. So they're going to take that time to actually uh, prepare, get everything that's needed, get all their food, and then they're going to save it. So in the colder months, when it's not harvest, when it's not, and, it, and everything is dried up and it's cold and it's not this much sun, they have what's needed. That's wisdom. Even in the word of God, when Joseph, when, you know, some people know the story, Joseph, he got betrayed by his brothers and um, he got, they, they put him in a pit. He got kidnapped and they, they sold them to, um, they sold them to uh, certain people and they went off and went to the Egyptians rather, and they went off into Egypt and then his whole life and just fast forward it, forwarding, he ended up um, being betrayed by um, the leader's wife, Pilate's wife got in jail, but he was a dreamer. And that set him up. And then he was able to interpret two other people was in, the, in jail with him in the pit. And they were able, he was able to interpret both of their dreams. One of them said that he was going to live. The other one said he, he was going to die. The one that lived, he said, listen, I'm paraphrasing. So um, he said, listen, remember me. He didn't remember him during that time, but later on, when Pharaoh, when the per when the leader um, had a dream, then 
the baker remembered. He remembered him. He said, you know what? I know someone that can interpret this dream from you. And he told him Joseph. And so that put Joseph in a position of being second in command, of being the governor, second in command to, um, to Pharaoh. Second in command. And little did he know, or little did his brothers know, that they were going to need his need their brother because there was going to be a famine. It was going to be a famine in, in Joseph. That wasn't being a dreamer was not only his only gift. Having an administrative gift was one of his stronger gifts. And with that being said, he was able to be able to come up with a plan to be able to say, okay, if God said we're going to have, because the dream that, that Pharaoh had was that it's going to be seven years of famine. I mean, seven years of famine, but seven years of harvest. So during that time, during the seven years of harvest, they needed to prepare, gather everything that they had because it was excess. But when this harvest is excess of, of um, excess of food, they have excess of grain, they had everything they needed. And so God used Joseph to be able to make a plan to be able to not only help the Egyptians, be able to help his family, even though his family betrayed him. They still, it was people all over. It says in the word of God, it says people from different countries came to Egypt for resources, planning. That's what it means about even though in his season, he didn't realize it, but God was preparing him. God was ordering Joseph's steps to be in a position of being a governor. But it was a process. He had to be in preparation. And even though he had experienced spiritual warfare, another thing I'm getting to, but it set him up to be used for God's glory, to be used for God's glory. Yes, urban evangelist, this is good. Preparation is continual. God is going to always work on us and reveal the next preparation. I know that's right. So next point, guys. So again, number one. Number one, we said, is this God's perfect will for my life? Number two, we said, have I done the necessary work in, pre in preparation of what's to come? Number three, am I really surrendered? Y'all. Are you really surrendered? Are you really surrendered? Because the thing is, if you're not surrendered, surrender basically means submissive. To be able to give control to someone else, to be able to give control, complete control to God, that whatever God tells you to do, you will be obedient. You won't question it. You say, Lord, it's your perfect will. I'll do it. I may not understand it. I may not even want it. However, God, I'll do it. Why? Because I trust you. Why? Because I rely on you. Why? Because I believe in you. Why, God? Because I know. I know that if you're telling me to do it, then it's, it, then it's, it's great for me. That it's not only great for me, but it'll be great for others, those that I'm, that I'm assigned to. Because guess what, y'all? It's not just about you. It's not all about you. 
Your assignment is not about you. It's not. You may reap the benefits. You'll reap the benefits of it, but it's not about you. It's bigger than you. So much bigger than you. When you get married, it's bigger than you. People that are going to be watching your marriage, people that are going to be blessed and seeing how you know God has um, ordained your marriage to be together, ordained you and your spouse to be together. It's bigger than you. When you go to school and how God provides for you to get a, a full scholarship, it's bigger than you. Why? Because it's showing people that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. It's so much bigger than you. And that's what we have to understand. This is why we cannot move out of God's timing because God has our plans and, and orders our steps in a certain way because every season is meant for us to connect with certain people. Why? Because we are ambassadors of Christ. So everywhere we go, we are a representation of Jesus Christ. And we are assigned to certain people for certain people to see Christ through us. Because when they see Christ in, uh, in us, that opens the door for them to get to know Jesus for themselves. For them to get to know Jesus for themselves. Yes, big sis, it's bigger than us. It opens doors for that. So am I really surrendered? Let's go to Luke 9.23. Luke 9.23 in the NIV version. It says, um, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version as well. It goes a little bit more in detail. It says, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish, selfish interests, and take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Y'all, that's what being a sur surrender means, that I'm going to put aside my selfish interests. I'm going to put aside what all the plans, all that, that whole list, that whole wish list that I wrote myself when I was a little girl, I'm throwing that in the trash. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Because when you say I'm fully surrendered, it says, Lord, whatever your perfect will is for my life, I'll do it. You're my creator. You're, you are the beginning and the end. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. How dare I come to you with the list? And listen, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. It's great to go to God and say, Lord, these are the desires, desires of my heart. However, one thing I think I mentioned before is that Chandler Moore, one of my favorite singers, he mentioned one time that when the word of God says that God, that our desires, that um, our desires are God's desires is because God tells us what to desire. It doesn't come out of the, out of the clear blue sky. Sorry to tell you. 
God gives you the desires of your heart because he tells you what to desire. That blew my mind because it's been so many times that I have read that scripture and, or sometimes, you know, when people just say it, a lot of pastors or ministers or whatever, they say that God will give you the desires of your heart. But do we truly understand what that means? That when we say I'm surrendered and we give God complete control, God will download into our spirit what we need to desire. Why? Because we say, Lord, I give you control. I give you control over my life. So what the list that I had, yeah, I'm, I might have wanted somebody that was tall. I might have wanted somebody to make, you know, um, seven figures. No, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. However, they might not have everything that was on that list, but that's, that's for sure. They're going to have everything that you need. It's things on your list that you might even know, didn't know that you even needed. But God knows. And he's going to open up your eyes to see this is my perfect will for your life. And even though you don't understand it in your human intellect, however, spiritually, as you grow spiritually, it will be resonate with your spirit. It will resonate with your spirit. And that comes with being fully surrendered. Set aside selfish interests. Take up his cross daily. Talking about Jesus. Express a willingness to endure. Endure means to be able to handle whatever comes, whatever may come, whatever hardship, whatever trials, whatever tribulations. Because trust me, you will experience trials and tribulations. God never said that we won't experience trials and tribulations. He just said that he'll give us and equip us and give us the peace and give us the strength to be able to handle it, to be able to endure what comes our way. Believing in me, confirming, performing to my example and living in, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Are you willing to die for Christ? And I'm not just talking about physically because it's talking about spiritually. Are you willing to die to your flesh? When you are tempted to do things that please your flesh, are you willing to die to your flesh? And dying to your flesh happens every single day. When somebody, you know, gets on your nerves or or pushes that button, you your old stuff would cuss them out. Are you willing to die to your flesh and say, you know what, I'm going to turn. That's what turn the other cheek means. Not saying that you allow people to just treat you in a type of way, but... Don't just be so quick to be angry. We have to be willing to die to our flesh, be willing to die for Christ. He died for us. He died for us. He shed his blood for you and me. The least we can do is surrender and say, Lord, I give you my all. I give you my will. And when we do that, he will direct our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. When you put trust in God, and that's Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, my favorite 
Yeah, my favorite scripture. When you do that, when you put your trust in God with all your heart, meaning everything that is in you, you acknowledge God and who he is in your life. He will direct your path and he won't lead you wrong. God will not lead you wrong. But you got to trust him. So are you fully surrendered? Because there are so many people that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but have not surrendered. Because it's one thing to say, Lord, I accept you in my life as my Lord and Savior. But it's another thing in saying, Lord, I give you complete control. It's completely different. It's all about the behavior. It's all about the commitment. The commitment. <laughs> My God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Next point. So we're talking about how do you know that you're ready? How do you know that you're ready for the assignment or the promises that God has for your life? Number four. Is this God's timing? Is it God's timing? We talked about it, if it was per God's perfect will. Have you been preparing for it? Are you even surrendered for it? And then after that, is it God's timing for it to be done? Have you considered that? While you're waiting, you're like, God, I know this is your will for my life. God, I know that I've, I've been preparing. God, I'm fully surrendered. I give you control. And then you're still having the question of, God, is this really your timing? Is this your timing? Let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3 in the Amplified version. And it says, for the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will, it will not delay. It will certainly come, but not delay. I understand you've been waiting for a while. But trust me, when it's God's timing, it just it just make it just makes everything much better. Makes everything perfect because when it's God's timing, it it, it, it makes sense. It's like if you if you were to try to do it in your own timing, things probably would have fell off. You wouldn't have had the right connections. And listen, God would allow it to happen. However, how long would it have lasted? Would you experience God's peace if you moved out of his will, if you moved out of his timing? Would you have moved, would, it, would you experience God's peace had you moved out of God's timing? This next passage of scripture is talking about Jesus, and this is so powerful. John, 
John chapter 7, verse 1 through 9. In the Amplified Version. The title of it says, Jesus teaches at the feast. It says, after this, Jesus walked from place to place in Galilee. For he would not walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jewish feast of tabernacles, booths, was approaching. So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples there may also see the works that you do. No one does anything in secret when he wants to be known publicly. If you must do these things, show yourself openly to the world and make yourself known. For not even his brothers believed in him. <laughs> so Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But any time is right for you. Oh, my God. The world cannot hate you since you are part of it. But it does hate me because I denounce it and testify that its deeds are evil. Go up to the feast yourselves. I am not going up to this feast because my time has not yet fully come. Having said these things to them, he stayed behind in Galilee. Oh, my God. Jesus followed the timing of God. Ah, yes, Courtney. That waiting period, I understand. That waiting period is no joke. It just seemed like it's forever. It does. But the thing is, when it comes, when the timing comes, it seems like it's too fast. Like, wait a minute, God. Like, I thought I had more time. It, it literally be like that. You wait for a long time, and then when God said, all right, let's go, you're like, whoa, I need a little more time. He's like, no, you need no more time. You're waiting long enough. It's crazy how that happens. But Jesus is the perfect example of showing us that it's not, that if it's not God's timing, he said, listen, I'm not going to listen to y'all. I know y'all want me to show who I really am. But it's not, it's not God's timing right now. Even think about another example with Jesus is that the first miracle that Jesus um, performed was turning water into wine. But Jesus didn't want to do that. Jesus was like, it's not my time yet. They were at a wedding. They ran out of wine. And Mary, Jesus' mother, Mother Mary, she's like, Jesus. They've, they've run out of wine. Can you turn this water into wine? <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's not my time. He did it anyway. But Jesus is really, really about moving in the timing of God. But it's important because I think I did a, a podcast on this, a difference between being released and reveal it's the release versus reveal pastor michael todd did a message on this is that when the release date <laughs> release date and reveal date so you ever think about and just taking it this kind this way is that when those who are you know singers or writers is that when they come about to come out with a with an album right they have a date where they're like, all right, they reveal it. Basically, they are they are advertising. They let you know. They say, all right, the release date will be such and such. It may be a month before. 
So all, all that, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. That whole time, they were writing songs in the studio. They were making music. They were connecting with producers, connecting with um, different other people that may have been featured on their album. They were getting the budget ready. They were getting the marketing plan ready. They had everything. They have a whole team, right? All while people don't even know that they're making this album. They doing this in in the waiting season, right? They know when when the date is when the album's going to come out, but nobody else knows. Nobody outside of that team knows. Then once they get to a certain point, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Once they get to a certain point, when it's okay to reveal to the world that they're going to be releasing this album, then they make an announcement. They put a flyer up album coming in you know say 9921 revealing it is letting letting others know what's happening but it, even then it's still more time to wait even when you reveal when God allows you to reveal what what's happening or God may give you a word in front of other people to let them know um, the, hey, you're about to have a business or hey, you're about to write a book and, and other people are around and they're listening to this. But even though that has been revealed to not only you and to other people, there's still a moment for it to be released. It's still a moment for it to be a release. Because God may tell you to be an author, that you're going to be an author, but you may not come out with that book until the following year. Why? Because you have to prepare. You can't just say, all right, I'm going to write a book and just write two lines and be like, all right, I'm done. No, it's it's all these steps. You got to write a plan. You got to do some brainstorming. You got to be like, okay, God, what is the title? What is, or at least what is the general idea? And what's the focus, the mission for this book, Lord? You know, and then you begin to just write some thoughts down. And, and then you go to editing process. And, and then you... um. You figure out how you want to be published. Do you want to self-publish it? Do you want to um, do a um, a big publisher? How do you how? What is your plan? What is your marketing plan? How is it going to be funded? There are so many different things that take place before the book is released, before the album is released, before you get married, before you go to college. You got to take the necessary prerequisite courses in order to actually be able to for to get that degree. Reveal date versus release date. Just because God has revealed to you what's next doesn't mean it's time for it to be released. Jesus came, oh, my Sarabasi. Jesus came on this earth in a form of human because he is God. He is second part of the Trinity, right? They all are one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus came what God came in in the form of a uh, human form, his son is named Jesus. When Jesus came, he already knew what his purpose was. He knew what his assignment was. He knew why he came down, why he came to save the world. He came to be the price. He came to be the ransom, paid the price for our sins. But he still did not move out of the timing of God. 
Jesus was a young boy when he was going out. And even though Jesus even had, <laughs> that story is funny to me. Jesus had some learning to do too, because he came down in human flesh and he made some mistakes himself. Because, <laughs> listen, he just went off from his parents as, as a young boy and went to the synagogues to teach to teach in the synagogue and didn't tell his mama where he went. And Mary was like, <laughs> you ain't tell me where you, he was like, don't you? And Jesus said, don't you know I'm, I'm about my father's business? You ain't hear nothing else about Jesus until he got, got older. Mary had to be a black mama like, like, excuse me, Jesus, I know who you are, but you under my, you in my house. I'm your mama. Like, it's like, listen, just even understanding that even when you know your assignment, even when you know who you are, even know, even if you know the direction that you're supposed to go, you have to wait for God to tell you to be released. For you to be released. Hold your horses, y'all. Like, listen, I understand. I waited for a long time to, to get to this point of being married, about to get married. And I was like, God, how long? I didn't understand that how impatient I was until God told me I had to wait. And especially, especially when you know who they are, especially when you know what's coming. That don't make it, 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 it doesn't make it any better, <laughs> like, especially when you've been waiting and God finally reveals to you what it is. And God says, all right, you got to go through the process before I'm able for you able to uh, for it to be released to you. Listen. I understand it's hard. Thank you, court. I understand it's hard. My God, but timing, God's timing is everything. God's timing is everything. Yes, mommy said, I had to wait for his time. He had to groom me first. Exactly. He has to groom you. Get rid of all those impurities. Get rid of all those things, all of those bad mindsets, all those bad behaviors. If you have attitude problem, God, God, God has to deal with it. If you have, or if you're impatient, God has to work on your patience. If you're not the most organized person, God has to work on it. <laughs> God has to set you up with the right people. Maybe you're not the most um, business savvy person, but God will give you the necessary steps. He'll pitch you in the business class. He'll connect you with right people. God is not going to give you his promises and not pave the way for you, not give you everything you need. But if we read earlier, God will equip you for the work, meaning God will give you every resource you need. Why? Because God is the ultimate resource. God is the ultimate source. Excuse me. He is the ultimate source. There's nobody like God. He's so powerful. My God. So, Last one. 
Let's go over these last points again. How do we know that you're ready? How do you know that you're ready? Number one, is this God's perfect will for your life? Have I done, have you done the necessary work in preparation of what's to come? Are you really surrendered? That's number three. Number four, is this God's timing? Lastly, am I spiritually mature enough for the spiritual warfare that comes with this assignment? Am I spiritually mature enough for the spiritual warfare that comes with this assignment? Sorry to tell you, it's a beautiful thing when God manifests, manifests his promise in your life. You ever heard the singer saying, with every new level or new devils? That's facts. The higher you, higher you go in God, the more you have to endure, the more you have to deal with spiritually. The enemy doesn't like it when God promotes us, when God elevates us, when God uh, manifests his promises in our life. He doesn't like it. He's not going to be all, oh, yeah, he's not going to be rooting us on. No, he don't like us. And guess what? We don't like him either. So we got something in common. I don't like you and, I, and, and you don't like me. So when you have a common, when you have our enemies with somebody, you don't want to see nothing good for them. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So every new level that we go to, it's going to be more that we have to endure. It's going to be, are you ready for it? So many people be wanting titles. Why do y'all want titles? We don't know what pastors have to go through. You don't know what apostles have to go through. You don't know what prophets, you don't know what teachers, evangelists, you don't know what ministers and elders, you don't know what they have to go through. Why are you so anxious to get a title? Listen, I'm good with trainees. I'm good. Like, so serious. I know at some point it'll come. However, I'm good where I'm at. I'm content. Because the thing is, like I said, you're a pastor before you're a pastor. God takes you through the process because it's a point where you, you get the reveal date and then get the release date. Because when the release date comes, you already been doing the work. You already been doing the work as a pastor, but now God has released you to actually walk in that calling. Why? Because you have proved to God that you're ready. You prove to God that you're ready to have that business. You prove to God that you're ready to be a wife or a husband. You prove to God that you're ready for that, that promotion. You prove to God that you're ready to move on. You're ready to handle it. Why? Because there is spiritual warfare that comes with it. Everybody's not going to be happy for you. Are you ready for the naysayers? Are you ready for people talking about you? Are you ready for... <clears throat> Just, you know, life life that comes with enduring a bigger, bigger responsibility. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for the attacks of the enemy that comes with it? We have to understand that it comes with the territory. But guess what? God will equip us for spiritual warfare. 
Why? Because it talks about the word of God. It talks about having the full armor of God. We can't be saying, Lord, I'm ready for the next. And we don't have the full armor of God on. So let's go there. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Listen, this is not about flesh and blood, against principalities, rulers of this world in the darkness. It says, therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared and movable, victorious. God wants us to be prepared so that we can walk victoriously. So that we are able to have discernment to even foresee when the enemy is trying to come at our neck. When the enemy is trying to come at us. So when God is telling us to increase our prayer life. When God is telling us to go on a fast. Listen, God told me last week to go on a three-day fast for this week. Not even letting me know why I was going on a fast until yesterday when I started it. Some things that God wants me to be spiritually ready for. Spiritually ready. And that's the thing about having a prayer life. When you have a prayer life, God will will give you discernment. God will increase your discernment, rather. And let you know, listen, there's some things that lies ahead that I need you to be ready for, spiritually ready for. Verse 14 says, so stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide, the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. So that's talking about the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's uh, part number two. An upright heart is talking about having a righteous heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace and preparation. The gospel of peace and preparation is part number three on your feet. To face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness produced by the good news. Be able to to stand when you're faced with adversity. With the good news. What's the good news? The gospel. The word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. The Bible. Verse 16 says, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith. Whew with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So when the enemy is giving you all of these things to to convince you to doubt God, you say, listen, you hold up your shield, your faith. 
Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen. So even when you don't see it in your natural eyes, when you God reveals it to you in the spirit realm, you're like, listen, I hold my faith. I, it may have not been released yet, but God has revealed it to me. Therefore, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to hold up my shield of faith because I know what God said. And I believe that he's a man that he will never lie. I believe on God's word. I'm going to stand firm and steadfast. 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation to protect your mind, to give you, ooh, Rabasi, to save your mind. And then number six, it says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's so important to keep that word. And to study the word, study the word, to study the word um, to show thyself approved. Because when you have that word, you may not have access to it. You may not have your phone. You may not have the tangible word of God. But when you study that word and have it branded on your heart, have those scriptures that help you in spiritual warfare. That's important. That is a part of your weapons and spiritual warfare. So having the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and the gospel of peace surrounded around your feet. Be spiritually ready. Know whether or not it's in God's perfect will. Know whether or not and prepare yourself for what's to come and make sure you're surrendered. Is this God's timing? And are you spiritually mature enough for the spiritual warfare that's going to come with this assignment? Not may come, it will come. That's a part of the territory. It's a part of it. But when God has equipped you for it, you have what you need to be able to endure so that you don't give up and throw in the towel. That's how you know you're ready. That's how you know. And when things try to cause you to doubt, you go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I need you to strengthen me. Lord, I need you to help me cover my mind, oh God. Be able to pray for yourself, but then even having people surrounded around you, they will pray and intercede for you. When you are going to the next level, you need to have the right people around you. They'll be able to pray you through, be able to keep you covered. To cover all of you, the angels of the Lord cover you and keep you. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted. This really was there to me because a lot, a lot of people in my life personally are in transition. We are in transition. And when you are in transition, it's important that you take the necessary time out to make sure that you are physically ready, spiritually ready, mentally ready for what's next. Taking time to reflect, taking time to gather yourself together so that you don't go into this thing ill-prepared. And I sense in the spirit that the reason my God led me to, to talk about this is because a lot of you that are watching and will be listening are in a season of transition as well. 
And you need to know these things before God releases you into this next assignment in your life. You need to know these necessary things. So I pray that you take heed to what God said tonight as you go back. And if you didn't get a chance to see the podcast fully, go back, look over it, look at the key points and really allow yourself to spend more time with God and say, Lord, have I checked off all of these questions? And if you haven't, listen, take the time to make sure that you are really prepared, that you're really ready. All right, guys. So before I go, I do want to offer the gift of salvation to someone that may not, that may not. Oh, thank you, court. God bless you. I'm glad that it was blessing to you. For someone who may not know Christ. Someone that may, may not know Christ and may him may not know him as Lord and Savior in your life. But as we were talking about purpose, as we were talking about Am I ready? Am I truly ready for what's next? And you may live, do things the way the world does. And the way the world does it is they do it based off of feeling. They do it based off of their own way. But when you do things out of God's will and when you don't have God in your life, it may appear to be good, but I'm telling you, it's much better with God. It's so much better with him. So much better. You have peace in your life. You God gives you freedom. God will deliver you from some things that maybe you have been holding on to for a long time. And you put on a you put on a facade, you put on a mask. But are you truly, do you truly have joy in your life? I'm telling you, Jesus is what's missing. So if you are ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need you in my life. I realize, God, that you are missing in my life. I've done everything without you, but I've had no joy. I've had no peace. I have no had no real freedom. But Jesus, I know now that all of that is in you. So Jesus, I ask that you come in my life and be my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart and I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for me. You were buried and rose on the third day so that I could have life eternally. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus for shedding your blood for me. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price just for me. I ask that you wash me, cleanse me, make me whole, renew my mind. And God, I will forever serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to the body of Christ, my God. You say that prayer, guess what? Today is your birthday. Why? Because you are a new creature. All those old things about you, all those old ways, they are behind you. Why? Because behold, all things are new before you. God has forgiven you. You have a new clean slate. You have a fresh clean slate. So what you did before, trust me, it doesn't even matter. Welcome. Heaven is rejoicing for your soul, my God. 
last call, call or call to rededication. For someone who may have had a relationship with Jesus, but whatever took place that allowed or convinced you that life with Jesus was better. But now you realize that life without him is not the same. Life without him means nothing. You are nothing without Jesus. And although it seemed like life was hard, but you realize that God give, give you the strength, that God would give you everything you need to be able to endure tribulations. And you won't have to go to supplements. You won't have to drink. You won't have to smoke. You won't have to do all of these things to try to cope with what comes with life. Why? Because God will equip you. We talk about God equipping you and God giving you the necessary tools and having the full armor of God to be able to stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. I encourage you to say this prayer rededication with me. If you know that God is calling you to come back home, say, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I allowed myself to step away from from the things of God and step away from under your grace. Allow the pride, my pride to get the best of me. But Jesus, I realize now that you are the best thing that happened to me. And without you, Jesus, I am nothing. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior once again. I need you more than I ever did before. I already believe that you died for me. I already believe that you were sent to save me. So Jesus, thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. To surrender my will to you for real this time. Jesus, I ask that you cleanse me again. Wash me and make me whole again. Renew my mind again. And I will forever serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer of rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Listen, God, he will leave the 99 just for one. And he did that just for you. Just for you. It's no love like God's. No love. So I pray that if you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if you rededicated your life back to him, that you please find a church home. It's so important that you have good guidance, that you are under a good shepherd, a good pastor, a man and woman of God, that be able to lead you into the right way, be able to connect with godly people, to be able to hold you accountable, and you be able to um, be in a church home and finding those gifts, finding what your purpose is, and be able to um, be used for God's glory. So it's important that you have that in your life. If you need help finding a church home, please, you can inbox me on Facebook. You can DM me on Instagram. However you choose to do so, um, please do, because it's important for your walk with Christ. So also, if you want to keep up with any of the things that 
Imperfectly Perfect has going on, any podcasts, any things that we're going to have going on soon, that you follow us on I, on Facebook on uh, I am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated or on Instagram, I underscore am underscore Imperfectly Perfect and be able to keep up with all of those things. We also are available on all podcast platforms, all of them. <laughs> so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Trust me. If you wanted to listen to any past podcast, it's available to you and um, you can go back and listen to it at your convenience. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I love you guys so much. I pray that you and be encouraged and be uplifted and God will cover and keep you. I love you guys. Have a good night.